0: had a chance to see the artwork that we made together beautiful art together so uh and and this series is really the focus the focus of this whole series the next five weeks is is just asking a couple questions and one of those questions is 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 what happens when we stop trying stop worrying stop struggling with how are we going to love difficult people and just simply love them simply love difficult people because guess what sometimes you're difficult sometimes I'm difficult right no I know it's hard to believe you better ask my wife right? <laughs> but the truth of the matter is you know what happens when we when we start loving people where we are a revolution a revolution of love starts to take place we, we start to see what it is to love people just where they're at, but in in order for us to love people where they're at, we have to love people where we're at. And so we start to learn that process. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about loving people where you are, catching people on the bounce. We're going to talk about not playing it safe looking at what is in your bucket, and how to love even difficult people. We're going to look at all those together, and then we're going to have our study guide. We're going to study here, on, and then you're going to go to one of our uh, small groups, which those brochures are inside your program, from Sunday all the way through until the following Saturday. You can follow up with what we're learning. And inside the study guides of Everybody Always are daily devotions to help us anchor what we're learning. So if you haven't found a small group yet, please make sure you browse that. There's also small group leaders on the patio with signs that uh, they want to connect with you. They want you to join in with them. But you know, one of the things that I've learned about loving people you know, the, 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 the thing that I've learned more than anything is it doesn't have to be hard. You don't have to get on a plane. You don't have to get in a car. You can just cross the street, man. You know, and that's what Bob Goff says. He says, we don't need to cross the ocean to love people extravagantly. We just need to cross the street. And sometimes, guys, in the church, we just need to cross the aisle to love one another. It's not a difficult endeavor if we just simply love people where we are. I'll love people when I start loving me better. You're not going to do that. I'll love God when I get myself right. It's not going to happen. You know, we start to love, and God loves us where we are. He knows how to love us right where we're at. And we need to learn how to to, to under uh, understand that and unpack that. And so today's story, there's a lesson. There are three or four different characters in the story. One being Jesus, and what we learn is we learn what it looks like to love people where you are, and what it looks like when you don't love people where you are. And so as we as we look at today's Bible story, Jesus is invited to a religious leader's house. Now, of all the people that Jesus uh had the most trouble with it was the religious people he really had the most confrontation if you read the bible if you read the gospels you're going to see that jesus has more conflict with religious people than anybody he's constantly fighting against their religion even to the point where at some point they said we're children of abraham he said no you're not you're children of the devil he called them a brood of vipers he called them whitewashed tombs. These are the things that Jesus said. So, so here, but here's the cool thing. Jesus only did that to bring them to relationship with Him. He couldn't leave them where they were. The same way He doesn't leave you and I where we are. And so, so a guy named Simon invites Jesus to his house. He's a religious leader. And Jesus, wanting to love people where He is accepts the invitation even though he knows it could be a trap even though he knows these people are considered enemies of him even though he knows that the motive is probably not pure he still says I'm going to love people where I am and I'm going to accept their invitation and I'm going to go and he goes to a place that more than likely he was invited but not welcome. Have you ever been to a place you were invited to but not welcome? And you know you're really not welcome, but they just invited you because they had to? Because they like your spouse or somebody else, you know what I'm saying? Or you're in a group of friends and like, oh yeah, yeah, you can come too, sure. Everybody's acting like they don't know, but you all know you've been there. And so at the party... A guest shows up, which in, 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 uh, in, in biblical times, uh, most of the time, women were not invited to parties. What's up with that, right? And, 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 and the other thing is, 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 people who weren't considered righteous weren't invited to parties. But they were invited to mill around and watch people eat. And watch people hang out and get a glimpse of what it looks like when a holy person eats. So it'd be like we could open these windows and people can just look in and we're like, hi, you can't really come in here, but you can watch us. Right. And so a woman shows up, a woman of the city, more than likely a prostitute. She shows up and she begins to love Jesus where she is. She didn't she didn't wait. To, to get her life right before she goes to see Jesus. She just says, I got to love God where I'm at. I know who I am. I know what I am. And everybody else around here knows what I am and who I am too. But it doesn't matter. I need to love Jesus. I need to, I, he just earlier, he had just said, he had just said, anybody who comes to me, as a matter of fact, a few verses earlier, he said, come unto me, any and all. And she wasn't going to Wait. So she begins to love Jesus right where she is. And and, and this is what the story looks like. I have it printed out. It's probably going to come up on the screen as well. One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner. When she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house... She brought an alabaster flask of ointment. She brought a very expensive perfume and it was a, and even in those times, one of the ways that you honored people was you would put oil or perfume on their head. It was just this the, one of the most beautiful acts of love you could do for anybody and so she brings probably honestly a year 's wages. She brings the best she has, and standing behind him. At His feet, weeping, she began to wet His feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head and kissed His feet and anointed them with oil. This lady comes in. There's a party. There's people everywhere. She comes in, and she begins to love Jesus where she is. She doesn't care what you think about her. She doesn't care that you see her crying. She doesn't care that you know that she's a prostitute. She doesn't care about anything because her focus is on Jesus. And so, so now then, the Pharisee who had invited him to the house, that's Simon, said to himself. Notice he didn't say it out loud, but he thought to himself. If this man were a prophet... Now wait a second, you invited him to your house, honored guests... And now you're questioning him? So it shows his motives were actually not pure in inviting Jesus, but Jesus still showed up. He said if he were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who's touching him, for she's a sinner. She, he wasn't willing to love her where she was, he wasn't li- willing to love her where he was. This woman was a guest in his house, and he still wasn't willing to love her. This woman was doing something beautiful to one of his guests, and he still was like, I ain't loving her where I am. I ain't loving her where she is. I ain't loving her where Jesus is. I ain't loving nobody. And Jesus answering him, notice he thought to himself, but then Jesus answers. And what was his thought? He ain't a prophet. And then all of a sudden Jesus says this, Hey, Simon, I have something to say to you. uh-oh you know what I'm saying because <laughs> you know Simon was like and look, look this is what I love look, he said say it teacher all of a sudden he, he's amen corner say it say it teacher a certain money lender had two debtors one owed 500 denarii the other 50 and when they could not pay he canceled the debt of both Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, listen to this, the one, I suppose, because he's already getting it in his head. The same way sometimes religious people, you need to get it in your head. Especially when when people who are sinners walk into the church who are looking to be saints, and you forget you were a sinner needing to be a saint. And then they come in and you start, well, well, what's this kind of woman doing in this church? What's this kind of man doing in this church, right? And then Jesus says, hey, I have something to say to you. And he's like, you say it, Jesus. He said, I suppose for the one that, that canceled the larger debt, right? And, and he said to him, you've judged rightly. And Simon's probably like, well, I'm kind of smart. I'm kind of awesome like that. And then he he turned toward the woman. He turned toward the woman. Everybody say the woman. He didn't turn toward Simon. He turned toward the woman. And he said to Simon, do you see this woman? Now, do you know why he asked her, did you see this? Because he didn't see that woman. His hate... His self-righteousness, his lack of being willing to love somebody where you are didn't allow him to see the person. The same way if you and I play church and we drive around this city and they're ghosts because you don't see them. That's why we're going to the streets. We're going because people need to know I see you. And Jesus says, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for your feet, which is something that everybody should do. When when they were invited, there's usually someone who gives them water and something to refresh themselves and a little oil because they've been traveling and they're guests. And that's just normal. That's That's not even above and beyond. It's just something that you just should have done. You would have done it for anybody, not just Jesus, but anybody. And he said, I entered your house, and you gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, which was tradition. When people came in, you greeted them with a holy kiss, a kiss on the cheek. He said, you gave me no, t- no, no kiss, but look at this. But from the time I came in, she has not ceased kissing my feet. And when you read the Greek, it literally means she just kept kissing his feet over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again. She had not stopped kissing his feet. She didn't kiss them once. She just didn't stop. He said, you didn't even give me one kiss. And this woman, she hasn't stopped. And he said, you didn't anoint my head with oil. You didn't even break out the cheap stuff for me. You didn't even spray my head with Pam, the PMV version. <laughs> I couldn't even get a spray of Pam. You know what I'm saying? Forget the perfume. I, it couldn't even be butter flavored. You, I got nothing. That's the PMV version. Okay, you ain't going to find that in the text. He says, but she's anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, look at what Jesus declares. Her sins, which are many. Did he deny that she was a sinner in need of a savior? Now, don't mistake. When you come to Jesus, he's going to make you look right at your sin. And he's not going to deny and tell you, oh, it's okay, baby. Uh-uh. He's going to tell you, I'll deal with your sin. Your sin is real. Your sin is killing you. And I'm the cure. And he says this. He says, he says her sins, which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. You see, when you and I really don't know what God did for us, we don't know what it's like to be loved and forgiven. Until you recognize, it doesn't matter how good you were. Yeah, I have a testimony, and it's an awful testimony. I knew I needed Jesus. My mama, who didn't know Jesus, knew I needed Jesus that's bad when people who don't know Jesus know you need Jesus you know what I'm saying (laughs) she bought me church clothes said, this boy needs Jesus I don't even I just heard he could help somebody and he needs to help somebody (laughs) namely you now luckily later on she came to understand she needed Jesus too And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Can you imagine what she felt like in that moment in front of all of these people who had been judging her and, and feeling some kind of way? Everybody, You know what everybody wanted at that minute? They wanted to be her. Earlier, they didn't want to be her for even a second. But now, I want to be her. I want to know what that feels like to be forgiven I want to know everybody around. Oh, she's a prostitute. She's no good. And then all of a sudden, I want to be her. Then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, listen to this. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Thanks be to Jesus. Can the the, the Lord add his blessing on his word. Amen. Give the... (laughs) Give a hand to God for His Word. You see, what I want you to see this morning, what I don't want you to miss about this whole "everybody always" series, what I don't want you to miss is loving people where you are requires some things, and the first thing it requires, and it's you're going to be to go to uncomfortable places. You're going to uncomfortable places. You're going to go to uncomfortable places in your heart. You're going to go to uncomfortable places in your mind. And if you are a true believer who believes faith and deeds work together, then you're going to go places with your feet. So I will expect to see you at the revival at least one night, if not all six. And then Care Fest the weekend after that. But you didn't hear that from me. Church, I have something to say to you. And they say, say it, Pastor. Suppose one of you knows there's a revival, right? Don't get me started. All right. Go into uncomfortable places and behold a woman of the city who was a sinner. When she learned that, that, that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought that alabaster, uh, brought that alabaster flask of ointment. And, and it challenged. And she, she came there ready to love where she was. We have two opportunities To love people where we are. To love people where they are. To do the thing that God... Listen, you're not going to be perfect. Maybe you're worried somebody's going to see you there that see you somewhere else. I'm just going to stop for a minute and let that kind of rest in your spirit for a minute. You know what I'm talking about. I "I ain't going there because I know what's up. And they're going to see me and be like, you go to church now listen when somebody is surprised we got problems oh you go to church okay then looks like I'm welcome here right I'm just saying I'm just saying don't you know And I won't lie, that's going to be uncomfortable when you start sweating, hoping they don't recognize you. So I'll be looking for the ladies with them hats on that are laying low, you know what I mean? Talking about, mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? (laughs) I won't even recognize people. I think I'm preaching to a whole different group, you know? Realize it's my church, they're just incognito. Then I get uncomfortable. (laughs) This means we're going to un- have uncomfortable conversations, man. We're going to have these conversations that are uncomfortable. And people are going to ask you questions. And I want you to understand that, that your job is not to refruit, refute their question, but your job is to ask them a question. Why do you ask? If someone says, well, hey, if, if your God is so good, then why do bad things happen to good people? And I say, well, why do you ask? And what do you consider good? who's good because i want to know i don't have to refruit the, i want to know what you say first let's have a conversation about it uncomfortable conversations this means we're going to have to ha- go to uncomfortable places in those conversations places that we don't feel comfortable in is jesus truly the only way to heaven why do you ask do you believe there's another way do you have evidence that there's another way Because the evidence that I have is overwhelming that there's only one way. So we're willing to have those conversations. But we don't have to go right into defense. Why can't they prove their argument before? It's uncomfortable though, isn't it? Now see, if you were in men's Bible study and women's Bible study, it wouldn't be so uncomfortable. (laughs) I'm trying not to look at anybody right now. Because of what we learn, we just learned some powerful things last Wednesday night, did we not, brothers? We laid out some stuff that that people were like, "Man, I wish everybody knew that." I said, "I did too. I wish they'd show up." I know it, it's painful. Amen or ouch, and then they're like, "Now he's going to make me feel guilty." It ain't me making you feel. It's the Holy Spirit making you feel guilty. Don't be blaming me for God's work. You know what I'm saying? Most of the time, God gets the blame for everything. In this case, he is the one doing what he's doing to you, trying to move you someplace. But here's the truth. If you're going to pour, here's here's the fact. If you're going to pour out your oil, make sure you pour out your oil on the right guy. And see, the way I see it is we're going September the 14th. We're going to fill this whole place. We have six Other churches already committed. They're going to be here on the 14th with us and we're going to train and we're going to learn. I'm praying there's so many of us that we have to go into the fellowship hall for that training. And then can you imagine three, four hundred people going into that community and just canvassing that community to the glory of Jesus? And then imagine us all showing up and then to get a crowd, you have a crowd. And then we show up the next night to support the other church and these other. Can you imagine what that's going to feel like and look like? It's going to be us literally washing Jesus' feet with our tears and drying them with our hair for the whole world to see. It's going to be us pouring out oil upon our Savior and letting the whole world know. And then letting them see what it's like to be forgiven. And then they say, I want to be like him. I want to be like her. I want to be. And just for a moment, they want to be like you. And just for a moment, they don't feel the a judgment like that lady felt and just for a moment she's finally comfortable because you got uncomfortable come on church come on now i'm ready We, we need to go now i gotta wait a few weeks i can't even do this or we're gonna be like simon who sit on the sideline. If they knew that kind of town it was. They wouldn't go there. If they knew that sinners were going to. Drug addicts and prostitutes are going to show up. What are they going to do when they show up? We're going to preach Jesus. We're going to watch Jesus deliver them. We're going to watch Jesus set them free. And then we're going to sing and worship our great God. But see here's something else that requires. Number two. Not being so spiritual, you're no earthly good. Not being so spiritual, you're no earthly good. Now, when the Pharisee who invited him saw, he said to himself, "Uh uh-huh. Don't let Jesus catch you talking to yourself right now. All right? Amen, Pastor. Because you know some people are already pushing back. It's hot in September. He's trying to make me come six nights. Now, I've signed up for one. He's trying to make me come six. Can I get two? Do I hear four? Yes, Lord. Okay. If this man were a prophet, he would have known who is, who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him for she's a sinner. There are some people that you're so spiritual, you're no earthly good. Simon was so spiritual, so religious, that he was no earthly good. This woman didn't come to his house looking for help from him because she knew she wouldn't get it. The same way some people ain't going to come to church because they know they ain't going to get the help they need. All they're going to get is judgment. So we go. You say, come to church, come to church. No, 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 we're going. See, that's the difference. Come to church, come to. No, no, no. We're going to go and be the church. Some people, they call themselves prophetic, but they're really pathetic. Right? I may as well get it all out, Blanche. Because the truth of the matter is, these kind of messages, they ain't fun to preach, but they're true. And I know they don't put more butts in seats because the Holy Spirit's conviction is so great, it'll keep people out of the church that don't want to be the church. And they'll go somewhere else where you learn how to be successful or maybe have some money. Uh Prophetic. Actually pathetic, telling you things you already know. They get so caught up in religion and self-righteousness that they serve no earthly purpose. They like their position in the church. Simon was judging. He was judging. He even judged Jesus. Some people judge God. It blows my mind when people judge God. Okay, perfect example. Good things happen to bad people. Bad things happen to good people. The Canaanites in the Old Testament, people say, well, why in the world did God kill all the Canaanites? Well, for 400 years, he called them to repent. They were taking their children, their babies, their newborn babies, and they would heat up this statue to Molech. And then they would put their babies on the statue, and it would sizzle their babies to death, and they would beat drums so they didn't have to hear it. And so God put a stop to it, and now we want to judge God because he did something about it. They say, well, well, he, if God is so good, why did he do that? Because he gave them 400 years to stop. They weren't going to stop. They were going to continue to kill babies. Somebody had to put... And so they stand in judgment of him if he doesn't do anything. And when he does do something, they stand in judgment of him. Who are you to stand in judgment of God? So here he is judging Jesus who was willing to love a woman where he was. This woman showed up and starts crying and water starts hitting his feet. He could have been like, oh no. But he understood. And he let her. He let her cry all over him. He let her touch him and wash his feet with her hair. He let her kiss his feet. Right where he was. The whole world looking. And Simon thinking to himself. If he was a prophet. Many use our faith to excuse as an excuse to do nothing. So many of us use our faith as an excuse to do nothing. That's what we do we go to church, we check our box on Sunday, we're done we might read our Bible every once in a while maybe even catch a podcast well that's a little too long maybe like a YouTube video you know about 10 minutes is where we're at if the preacher starts going over 35 minutes we got trouble because poe folks fried chicken's going to run out Chipotle ain't going to have no more brown rice And I didn't even feel good this morning. Here it is. Look at this. But Jesus sharply corrects Simon for his unwillingness to even love him. He says, man, you didn't even love her, but you didn't even love me. You didn't even like me. You didn't even show me that. you." And I got to ask you this morning, does your life tell God you even like him? Do I love you? Or do I even like you? Think about that. Think about it. That brings to point three, which y'all have already experienced this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Saying what needs to be said. (laughs) I hear hear some say-its in the house. You know what Simon got when he said say it. Jesus answered, "Simon, I have something to say to you, and I believe the Holy Spirit's speaking to you right now." Amen. Say it, teacher. It's no secret the kind of this kind of message does run people away. It's no secret. I know that. But I don't care. Because I want a church filled with compassionate, loving, willing Christ followers, not a bunch of of contributors uh consumers that come in for me to entertain you my life's too important and I'm spending my life to the glory of Jesus I am not wasting my time on consumers that judge my message whether it was this or that or whether the lights were right or the music I could care less about any of that I just want to know do I have an army of compassion and that a real true Christ followers is going to be disciples that go from place to place and do what Jesus said That's all I want to know. That's what I need. They say things like this, and some are probably thinking it right now. If you are, God will forgive you. And so will I in a minute or two. He's God, I'm not. I didn't come to church to feel guilty. Did you come to church to feel anything? What was that point again? Saying what needs to be said. If you were in the game, you wouldn't feel guilty. He told Simon he didn't want to hear what he didn't want to hear but needed to hear. The same way if someone asked me, what do I need Jesus to go to heaven? And they say, do I need Jesus to go to heaven? Do you really believe that? My answer is yes, every time. They say, do I really need Jesus to go to heaven? I say, well, how else are you going? What else? Tell me how. And then when they have no evidence, I say, see, that's why you need Jesus. (laughs) I'm good, but the Bible says there's no good. Loving people where you are doesn't mean you keep quiet about your faith. It means that you live in such a way. Listen to me now, church. Listen to me because it goes back. It's a callback to what we talked about earlier, that people ask you about your faith. They're not surprised to find out. That you're a Christ follower. Amen. They're not surprised to find out that you go to church. Amen. They ain't ever surprised. They don't go, oh, you go to church? Uh-uh. They're like, she goes to church and you just leave her alone. She ain't coming to my party. She goes. Now, I'll still come to your party. It's just I'm going to be party pooper because I'm going to be preaching up at your party. It happens all the time. I'll be out. I even be singing karaoke. Right, and then they're like, "I'm praying for people at the karaoke place." They they call me pastor. They say, "Oh, here comes the pastor Mike." And then then the man jokes and says he's gonna pass an offer. I said, "Go ahead." No, I'm just kidding. I mean, if you want to pay me for my singing, I mean, you know, you'd be the first and only. But anyway, you might they might be paying me not to sing. Amen, <laughs> amen. But what's beautiful is is that people. They'll just, they want to be prayed for. They want to be encouraged. They want to be lifted up. You see people trying to hide their stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you can't hide who you are. When Jesus showed up to the party, everybody knew he was Jesus. When we show up, they need to know. If somebody's going to tell a dirty joke, maybe they, they don't invite you. Or maybe they say, ah, let's leave, sleep kind of way out of this. Because he ain't going to appreciate it like you will. What's that, what's that saying about you? What's that saying about you? They say, we're going to leave Pastor Mike out just because he wouldn't appreciate it, but you. <laughs> what just happened there? What, what just happened there? Maybe they're saying what needs to be said. I got a second service coming, so... Edit here, say this, that way, somebody will be in church next week. But here comes the final, the final thought for the day: extending God's forgiveness to everybody. You see, loving people where you are requires that you extend God's forgiveness to everybody, even those who've hurt you, even the religious even the irreligious, even the person that is gone now that you could never get, give forgiveness to because they're gone, you can still give them forgiveness and receive forgiveness from God. It also means you need to forgive yourself. You see, some of us in this room, I don't know about you, but I need Jesus more than my next breath today and tomorrow and the next day. I just remember I need God all the time. There's never going to be a ple- a time when I don't need God and so I need to learn how to forgive me because I'm not perfect. I'm being what? Perfection. You don't hear that in a lot of places. The reason you don't hear that is because people don't understand grace. Mm-hmm. They don't understand sanctification. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. We're getting better. Amen. We're getting better. We're putting it into action. You see... We can't leave anybody hopeless and helpless. That's why we're going to the streets. We don't want to leave anybody hopeless and helpless. Everybody. Everybody. Everybody say everybody. Everybody. Can receive help and hope through Jesus Christ. Everybody. Think of the worst person you know. And they can receive hope through Jesus Christ our Lord. Everybody. Forgiveness is all because of what Jesus did for you and me on the cross. That's what it's about. You and me. And when you and I really understand what He's done for us, you'd be willing to forgive you because if you don't forgive you, you know who you just decided you are? God. Because you're taking God's space in your life. You're saying that your wisdom is greater than His. When you don't forgive you, you're saying you know better than God. You have to forgive you. And then you have to forgive others. Because how can you expect to be forgiven if you don't forgive? And that's Jesus. Don't get mad at me. It's Jesus. You don't know what they did. I, I understand your pain and it does not take away. You don't know what's happened to me. But I do know one thing. I refuse to stay in a prison, a prison of unforgiveness. I will forgive them whether they deserved it or not not for their benefit but for my benefit forgiveness means that you love you where you are a lot of us we don't know how to love us where we are you wish you were stronger in your faith well then get stronger right you wish that you wish you were a better believer well be one You know what the disciples' constant prayer to Jesus was? Help us with our unbelief. Help us with our unbelief. You wish you were a better example? Then be one. Go. Get uncomfortable. Do what's necessary. You see, you need to understand that God loves us where we are. And when God loves you where you are, and then you love you where you are, it's easier to love people where you are including your family and friends. And so today I want to invite you. I want to invite you to let God love you where you are. And then I want you to love you where you are. And then I want you to pray about what it feels like to be that lady Because if you've ever wanted to know what it feels like to be forgiven, you can know today, right here, right now. Right here, right now. You don't have to wait. I'm going to do it. No, right now. Bow your heads with me. Father, we love you. And God, we've had some fun here today. And we've had some truth. And it's been painful. And amen and ouch. And it's been lesson learned. We've been challenged. Holy Spirit, you've done some things for us that we can't even wrap our minds around. But one thing for sure, Jesus, is that we need you. And Jesus, we can't go another minute without you, another second without you. We can't take another breath without you. But with you, we have the power to walk. Day by day, not perfect, but being perfected. If you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Mike, man, I need that Jesus you were talking about. The Jesus who loves me where I am. And I'm ready to love me where I am. I'm ready to love God where I am. And I'm ready to love others where I am. If that's you, will you just slip your hand up high in the air today? Yes, Lord. Yes, I see hands going up. Yes, that's me, Lord. Yes. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You may place your hands down. Now we're just going to pray our heart to God's. A simple prayer. Prayer is that, just talking to God. We just say, Jesus, I need you. And I'm not afraid to admit it or ashamed to admit it. I need you more than my next breath. And God, I'm choosing to love you where I am right now. And I'm choosing to love me where I am right now. And I'm choosing to love others where I am right now. And I know, God, that I can't be perfect because you were. But I'm asking you to give me a willing spirit, and a willing heart that I might show others your goodness and your grace. We love you, Jesus. And we receive this forgiveness as a gift. It's in Christ's name we pray. And the church said, Now give the Lord your best hand on a Sunday morning. Woo, he's good. Man. God is good. And the church said, well, listen, I want to bless you. I do want to remind you that this Saturday, we have our picnic right here on the grounds. All the meat is going to be provided for us, Uh, drinks will be here. So, all we'll really need is maybe bring some sides, bring some blankets or something to sit around on. And we're just going to hang out and fellowship together and just enjoy one another. It's open to bring people, maybe who never would come to church, but they'll come to a picnic. So invite them to come out and we'll meet one another and visit. Remember that your Everybody Always groups. There are small group leaders that are looking. You can find this on the website. You can call them. Take that, have courage and take that next step. There are small group leaders that still need help. They'll be on the patio. If you want to join their group, you can answer any questions or get any information that might be out there for you. And I want to bless you as you leave today. Father, I just pronounce a blessing over each and every person. I pray as they go into the highways and byways that they be filled with your love and that they will love people where they are. And they'll realize that that is more than enough may that blessing spill out into their homes their neighborhoods their schools and every place that their feet touch it's in Christ's name we pronounce this blessing and all who received it said amen Amen and amen I love you remember if you're a first-time guest I know that a Lori would love to meet you she's got gifts she's got presents so come make a new friend